and welcome to Fraud uh, Busting Neo Frauds podcast. It is the only podcast for female fraud professionals and their allies who want to stay on top of the fraud awareness spectrum in order to thrive professionally while maximizing their happiness and having the courage to create the life they love. Thank you for listening. Hello, uh, I'm Olga, and I'll be your host um, today um, for this podcast. Today we have a guest, Lauren Smith. She is an expert in mindfulness of dating. I uh, specifically invited her uh, to ask her a few important questions, especially uh, related to Roman scams. But before we do that... I'd like to give Lauren a floor for a bit and uh, simply ask her to introduce herself. Uh, Hello, Lauren. Hey, Olga. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be with everyone today to share my skills. I am a certified mindfulness and meditation teacher. I'm the author of the Mindful Dating Journal, which is a post-date tool that you can use to find a healthy love. And I'm also the host of the Date in Peace podcast. Thanks so much, Lauren. That sounds um, definitely impressive um, and uh, at the same time, truly, truly interesting. Um, If you don't mind, we're going to jump on to my first question for you today. Let's do it. (laughs) Uh, All right. So um, could you tell the audience um, from the perspective of an expert in mindfulness of dating, um, what are your insights on the science of why singles are experiencing the need to date someone, even in situations such as circumstances of when the other person is unavailable, such as uh, the scenarios with uh, romance scams, because usually in those cases, um, the fraudster um, is uh, presenting themselves uh, being located physically in a different country. And so by that... um, becoming unavailable for the relationship with with the victim um thank you lauren for in advance for answering that question sure i mean as, as far as the science goes when you start to feel attracted to someone when you enter what's called the honeymoon phase of an early relationship your brain chemistry changes your brain actually releases a blend of certain chemicals they're feel good chemicals serotonin dopamine noradrenaline And what this does is it makes you feel so good when you're with the person, but then when you leave them or when you're not talking to them or you're not texting them, that crash happens in your brain and you, you, those chemicals aren't flowing anymore. So it's almost like you crave the next time you want to talk to them. You're literally addicted to those early communications. So the trouble is that when you're with someone that might be catfishing you and you don't know it, or they're making all these excuses for why they're not able to FaceTime you or why they need to talk to you at certain times of the day that are really outside of your normal time zone schedule. We can make a lot of excuses for them because of those chemicals going off in our brain. It's a lot easier to fantasize and focus on how perfect everything could be so that you can continue to feel good. But 
if you want to really survive that honeymoon phase with a clear head, be grounded and trust that you're going to be able to see that fraud or to see that catfishing, you have to be able to step back from those feel good emotions and say, okay, I might feel good right now, but let me take a logical stock of all the data that I have, like get all the evidence that you can in the present moment and see it as objectively as possible to think what decisions can I make right now that are actually going to make me feel good later. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for providing all those um, insights. Uh, they're definitely important, um, you know, for potential uh, and actual victims of uh, these uh, scams, Roman scams in particular. Um, I'd like to ask you a, a quick question related to uh, the first one. Um, why would you think um, th those Roman scams victims would be allowing themselves to seek um, a relationship, even if it's a distant one, even when the other person is um, unavailable, would you think that that could be rooted also in their um, early uh, early life, early childhood life or anything um, with that respect? Yeah, sure. I got a story to tell you. And it was a doozy when I heard it. My mom is probably, I don't want to tell you exactly how old my mom is. She won't like me for doing that, but she's um, pretty, you know, she's an elderly, oh my God, now she's really going to hate me. She's <laughs> a <like> mature <laughs> woman. We'll say that. She went on these dating apps and she ended up chatting to a handful of men and she ended up really sticking, narrowing it down to two men. And both of them were making her feel really great. They were complimenting her. They were telling her that, you know, she's the, the most beautiful woman they've ever seen, but they strangely both had accents and they had excuses, not even excuses. They had really good explanations for why they had accents. You know, like you meet an American like yourself, you have an accent. There's nothing suspicious about that, you know? But so my mom had no questions in her mind when she, when these accents came in. But it turns out that a lot of catfishing scans, that is one of the characteristics that they have in common. The next thing that was a little suspect is that there was always excuses for why they couldn't do a video call. Like, oh, my daughter's got to play or I had a really long day at work. I'm stuck at the office. Always excuses. So that's another red flag. The next one is they would only ever text her first thing in the morning or like right when my mom was about to go to bed. So it was very inconsistent. It was very inflexible. And it eventually was discovered that my mom in one of the photos that they were sending back and forth, because they still sent pictures. So these guys, they're really good at what they do. They have done this with so many women that they know what are the tactics that work they have a, probably a database full of photos that they can use, that they can send. And what happened was in one of the videos that he ended up sending her, it was like a pre-recorded video. There was a flash of a second where you could see that whoever this man was, that this data was stolen from, um, he had a wedding ring on. And my mom freaked out. She was like, oh my God. And that's when it sort of started to fall into place for her. And when she was able to say like, okay, there was a lot of little fishy things going on and I kept making excuses for him. But when she saw that wedding ring, it was like the blinders were off. 
she started to see everything for what they were. So she went online and there are some websites that you can use. You can upload those photos that they're sending you. If you're suspicious of like whether or not they might actually be catfishing you, you put that photo up and it will search the database because people report this and those photos go in there. So they know these people, they're using the same photos over and over again. So in the effort of my mom trying to find this guy to find out whether or not he was cash catfishing her, she did not find him. She ended up finding the other guy that she was talking to that whole time. So my poor mom was being catfished at the same time by two different guys. But it was a really beautiful lesson for her and for me as well to be able to pass this knowledge along to you in what we can do to stop this right away. You know, because it is really hard. My mom wanted to believe that she found somebody. She wanted to believe that there was someone out there that thought she was beautiful. And to answer your question, it, it did have a lot to do with her childhood. You know, our parents love us as the best they can. They do everything that they can within their power to meet our needs. But there was some time in my mom's life as a little girl where she felt like she wasn't quite good enough, that she wasn't quite beautiful enough or that she wasn't totally worthy of being loved by someone. So when these people came around and acted like the Prince Charming of her dreams, and all she had to do was just send a text every once in a while, yeah, that sounds amazing, you know? But what happened is that my mom ended up having a rude awakening and seeing that there were some things that she could have done right away to notice if it's a catfish. And, and that's demanding a video call, live video FaceTime call, it's, uh, and yeah, there's, there's some other things too that she can do along the way. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for, um, the story about your mom, which is a real, uh, true, uh, crime story, you know, and I'm glad that it didn't turn into an actual, uh, scam. That's amazing. But also thank you so much for answering the important question that the victims themselves might be, uh, you know, consciously or subconsciously uh, looking for a relationship, even if it's uh, distant uh, um, because of some other circumstance from their early uh, childhood life or anything uh, related to that. Um, I'd like to ask you uh, another question uh, for uh, seeking an advice from you as an expert. What would you recommend um potential victims out there but people in general um to have sort of like a personal strategies in order not to become uh easy victims of romance scams sure i would recommend keeping your emotions in equal balance with your reasoning mind so we mentioned before that when you get really excited that you're going to meet someone and you think, oh, maybe this is my person, my soulmate that I've been waiting for, your emotions combined with those neurochem neurochemicals that are being released, you start to fantasize and you focus on all the beautiful things that could be. It's almost like a false hope. And at the same time, you're pushing away some hard truths that you really don't want to face. So if you want to make healthier decisions, you have to act like actively call that logic back up to the surface, which is hard because we're humans. We want to feel good. So what I would recommend is making space before or after a date to journal. Just the process of journaling makes you think a little bit differently. Use your brain a little bit differently. It's calling up that logic. And that's your opportunity to ask questions like, 
what are some red flags really? You know, like it's hard to spot the red flags, especially when you have that cocktail of chemicals of making you feel really good emotionally, but take the time to sit there and try to be like a Sherlock Holmes of your own love life. No judgments. You're just going to be mindfully accepting of everything that's going on. And then once you have all the data, that's when you can make a wiser choice that you can trust. Thank you so much, Lauren. That's a wonderful advice, um, you know, for potential victims, but also audience um, in general. Um, It was uh, such a great pleasure having you on my uh, podcast today. Uh, Thanks so much for the participation. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Olga. And thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Stay healthy and happy. Bye-bye.